You may have noticed a theme today about the name of God, the name of Jesus, and uh, that is what I'm going to be talking about today, the power that is in his name. And recently I have been thinking about who I know God to be, uh, the ways he has revealed himself to me, and the names that I know him by. And in preparing for today's message, I really felt Holy Spirit leading me to declare not only the power of his name, but to look at some of the different names that reveal who he is. And as I was praying into this, I heard Holy Spirit say, remember to call upon the power of my names, which is what we just did earlier in our worship time. And if you've heard our new worship song, you know that the chorus declares some of the different names of God. Yahweh, Jehovah, El Shaddai, Abba, Elohim, Adonai. And while there are many other names that reveal the character of God, I feel like those names are a good focus for today. And when I was writing the song, I researched God's various names, and I pulled out the ones that I felt were not only for this particular song, but even for this season that we are now in. And I think it's important for us in this time to know God by his different names. It's a vital way to allow hope expectation, confidence, and strength to rise up in you when you call upon his name. Psalm 116.4 says, Then I called on the name of the Lord, please, Lord, save me. In verse 17, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. And I think he is reminding us right now about the power that is available in calling out his name. I remember clearly the Lord speaking this to me some time ago, and he simply said, I want you to know me by name. And I was a little bit confused at first because I thought, well, I do know you. You're my Savior, my Lord, my Father, Holy Spirit. And he said to me, yes, those are some of my names, but what do you call me? How do you know me? And it really led me on a journey of studying out and thinking about how I really know him. Knowing God by his personal names is vital to our walk as a believer. The word God is found throughout the Bible, but the Lord reveals himself more personally through the names which he introduces himself. And these names help us when we pray and decree. Names have important meanings throughout the Bible. They carry an origin and purpose of someone's life. Whenever God names someone or renames someone in the Bible, it's a pretty big deal. He proclaims something important about their identity or about his plan for that person's life. In the example of Peter, Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter, and Peter's name became his purpose. He became the rock of the church. So when we learn the names of God, we learn about his attributes, and we can get to know him better. So I began looking up scriptures, and I came across Psalms 144, 1 through 2, which says, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and fortress, my stronghold and deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. And I noticed in this verse that David was calling God by names he knew. For all of David's needs, his God had a name. My rock, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, the one who trains my hands. We too can know God by a name for every need. 
The names David called his God fell from the lips of experience, from things he knew. So I've been exploring and studying the different names of God and who I know him to be and names I want to know more of. See, I know God in many ways. I've been a believer most of my life. And if I wrote a verse like David did in the Psalms, I could write something like this. Praise be to my God and King who comforts, who heals, who sustains me, my Savior, my Lord, my friend, the God who I know causes stroke symptoms to vanish, the God who healed my barrenness and opened my womb, the God who perfects irregular heart rhythms, the God who reveals, the God who restores, the God who redeems, my rock, my source, my strength, my peace, my hope, my joy. I could go on and on. You get the idea. But there's so much more to know about our great God, which led me to studying out his names. God has no shortage of names. One article I read said he is called by almost 1,000 different names in the Bible. But there is one that I believe stands alone, and that name is Yahweh. And when I was writing our recent worship song, I knew right away that Yahweh would be the first name declared. The name Yahweh occurs more than 6,800 times in the Old Testament. It is the sacred, personal name of the God of Israel. And it's not lost on me that God gave us this song before we ever knew what would be happening right now in our world. And we have been declaring through song, Yahweh, the God of Israel. Yahweh is the name that is most closely linked to God's redeeming acts in the history of his chosen people. To truly understand the name, it's important to look at when Yahweh was first mentioned. In Exodus 3, God was speaking to Moses through the burning bush and giving him the mission to free the Israelite people from Egyptian captivity. Understandably, Moses had some concerns, one of them being, how would he convince his fellow Israelites that this really was a mission from God? So in Exodus 3, beginning in verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. So this is the first biblical usage of the name Yahweh. And that is the name by which God has chosen to be remembered throughout all generations. The English language doesn't have an exact translation of the word Yahweh. The name is actually spelled Y-H-W-H. -H. We added the vowels to help with the pronunciation. And in the Old Testament, it is often written as Lord in capital letters. In Jewish tradition, Yahweh is too sacred a name to even utter out loud. Over times, Jews started to substitute in Adonai or my Lord, especially when speaking. We also see Exodus in Exodus 3.14 that God uses I am and Yahweh interchangeably, which tells us that I am is one way for us to translate the name Yahweh. But why is it so significant that God's name is I am? In the Old Testament, we know a person's name often reflected his character. 
For example, Abraham means father of a great multitude. Eve means life or mother of life, which is fitting for her. Names were very, very important at that time because it could point to a person's disposition and their purpose in life. And Moses knew that. So when he asked God what he should tell the Israelites when they asked who sent him, he's essentially asking God to provide some credibility to the story he's about to tell his people. He's asking God about his character, about his nature. If we ask God, who are you? And he replies, I am who I am. That is significant, and we need to take time to dwell on his chosen name if we want to know him. And remember, that's what God said to me. I want you to know me by name. The first thing I see in the name Yahweh is that Yahweh is eternal. God is completely whole within himself. He has always existed, and he always will. And I can remember when I was younger, questioning this to my dad, I could not wrap my mind around the fact that God has just always been. <laughs> I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. And I believe dad's answer was something along the lines of, you'll understand when you get to heaven. So I was satisfied with that. Feel free to use that. <laughs> um, but he's the only one in existence who can be described this way. He stands alone needing nothing in being completely self-sufficient. The second thing I see is that Yahweh is the unchanging God. Our world is constantly shifting and changing, but our God does not conform to any of this. He remains constant through it all. He doesn't change his nature based on what is new and popular at the moment. Yahweh has always been who he is from the beginning of time. He's always been the standard for absolute perfection and holiness. God isn't changed by new and popular philosophies and theologies, and neither should we be. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The third thing I see is that Yahweh is a covenant keeper. God uses the term Yahweh with the people who know him and who are in covenant with him. Yahweh is the covenant-keeping name. God calls himself Yahweh when he first enters into the covenant with Abraham, it's a subtle promise that he will forever be faithful in keeping his word. And we can trust him not to back out or change his mind. He is the ultimate covenant keeper, the one who keeps his promises and does what he said he will do. We can trust God as much as we want and it will never be too much. He will always measure up. So when we sing or pray or declare Yahweh, we are saying, God of Israel, eternal one, unchanging one, covenant keeper, the great I am. There is power when we decree the name of Yahweh. And now the meaning of Jehovah. The meaning of this name also appears in Exodus 3.14, and it is the unchanging, eternal, self-existent God. Jehovah is one of the ways of saying Yahweh. The literal meaning of the name is I am the one who is, or more simply, I am. This short definition carries a sense of the eternal. In other words, God was, God is, God will always be. And seen in light of scripture, it also hints at his all-present nature, seeing, knowing, and actually being with us. This name is seen many times in scripture in verses such as Psalms 83, 18, 
says that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. Isaiah 12, 2, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. And Isaiah 26, 4 says, trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Jehovah also appears as the root of several compound names that declare God's goodness to his people. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, the victor. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord sends peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. The name Jehovah brims with hope as it is always associated with God's goodness. So when we pray, when we sing Jehovah, we are declaring he's our hope, he's our provider, our healer, our victory is in him. The next name is El Shaddai. The most common interpretation of that name is God Almighty. God first introduced himself as El Shaddai to Abraham in Genesis 17:1 which says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. That is El Shaddai. Coinciding with this, one suggested meaning of El Shaddai is the overpowerer, meaning God will do what he purposes to do, overpowering all opposition. He is sovereign and powerful, the mighty God who can turn the hearts of kings and direct nations to do his will. The mighty God embodied in Jesus Christ fed thousands from simple provisions. He healed people and cast out demons that tormented them. He worked mighty miracles to assist his people and rescue them. He even raised people from the dead. From these different passages, it seems that all the times this name for God is used, it is attached to the God who makes a covenant promise and is powerful enough to keep and fulfill that promise. His powerful, sustaining presence continually overshadows man's inadequacy and provides God is El Shaddai who protects us. When Jacob sent his sons off to Egypt to find food and he prayed that El Shaddai would bless his sons and have mercy on them and protect them, there's great comfort with the increase of violence and evil in our world to know that the God we serve, El Shaddai, protects us with his power. John 10, 28 says, he will keep us held within the security of his almighty hand through eternity, and nothing can pluck us from his hand. As we look at the uncertainty in our world today and the tumultuous times in which we live, what a comfort to realize we are held secure by El Shaddai. He is the almighty God who overcomes all our weaknesses. He provides for our every need. He protects our lives. We can trust that even when we can't see, he is working and he will always keep his promises. We cannot even imagine all that El Shaddai can do. And then we have Abba. It is likely that most of us have heard God referred to as Abba Father throughout our lives. Interestingly, God's title of Abba Father is only found referenced in the Bible three times, all in the New Testament. 
Only two speakers utter these words in these passages, and that is Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Abba is the defining term for father in the Aramaic language, spoken by Jesus and Paul as an intimate term to characterize their personal relationships with God. Mark 14, 36, and he, Jesus, said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but you will. And then Romans 8:15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And then in Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. The scripture from Mark is stated by Jesus while the verses from Romans and Galatians are shared by Paul. When Jesus calls God Abba Father, it's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says it as a way of acknowledging the power of God and the greatness that will come for him through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It's an expression of humble admiration for his Father as well as an intimate request asked of God for God's will to be shown in this cup of his sacrifice. And Jesus wouldn't ask that of anyone but God, his Father. And then we know Paul had a great transformation from Christian hater to a lover of Christ. He went on to embark on a ministry that witnessed to several churches around what is considered Europe today, including the Church of Rome and Churches of Galatia, where the verses with Abba Father were written. Paul's letters to these churches proclaimed to them that they were now all children of God like he had become. And they all now had the spirit of Jesus within them just as he did and were close to God as the Savior, justifying the reason for calling God Abba Father. Each one of us was created in God's image similar to how Jesus was fashioned to represent God on earth. God made and molded us as an earthly father does but he does so in a way that is closer and more personal than an earthly father could. Abba Father, as conveyed through Jesus and Paul, reflects the knowledge of knowing that God knows us better than we know ourselves, and that he established paths for us before we even took our first steps. When you say Abba Father in prayer, or hear it referenced in a sermon or a song, you should envision a father who knows your greatest strength your greatest weaknesses, knows your beginning and end, and who loves you unconditionally. Amen. And then Elohim. Hebrew scholars translate Elohim as God in modern English Bibles. Elohim comes from the Canaanite word El, which means mighty one. Elohim is in the very first verse of the Bible in its original Hebrew, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is often shortened to El and used as part of other names, such as what we already talked about, El Shaddai. Also, El Oah, which means mighty, strong, prominent. So essentially, Elohim means supreme one, or mighty one, all-powerful one, creator. Some other references are Genesis 1.26, which says, Then God, Elohim, said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. 
Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, Elohim, the Lord is one. And also in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Elohim is commonly understood as emphasizing the power and greatness of God. So when praying and decreeing Elohim, you are calling upon his awesome power and his might. And now Adonai. The name Adonai is found more than 400 times in the Bible and is full of meaning. The definition of Adonai is Lord, Lord, our master. This word is what is called an emphatic plural or plural of majesty. There is only one God, but the plural is used as a Hebrew literary tool for emphasis, in this case, pointing to the sovereignty of God. So many scripture authors used it as an expression of humble awe, as in, O Lord, our Lord, or O God, my God. Adonai also hints at the notion of ownership and being the steward of what is owned. This is seen in many Bible passages that show God as not only our master, but protector and provider as well. At times, Adonai describes the God who demands justice for his own. The prophet Isaiah was given this vision about upcoming punishment for the king of Assyria for his acts against Israel. You see the plural of Adonai here in this verse. Isaiah 10:6 says, Therefore the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will send a wasting disease upon his sturdy warriors. Under his pomp a fire will be kindled like a blazing flame. Other times, Adonai carries the ring of praise. King David, along with other psalmists, rejoiced in acknowledging God's authority and proudly declared it. Psalm 8.1 says, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Psalm 103.19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So in learning more about the names of God, Adonai adds another revelation, the notion that God is master over everything. The promise is that he will be a good steward of what he owns, making things work out for good. It is a reassuring reminder that God is in control. So when we pray Adonai, we are declaring his rule, his reign, his majesty decreeing that he is in control. So now that we have defined some of these names, there are promises attached to praying God's name. Now remember, Holy Spirit said to me, remember to call upon the power of my name. Jeremiah prophesied God's promise in Jeremiah 29:12, says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. We must call upon him and pray to him. So what does it mean to call upon God? Well, the Hebrew word translated for call is kara, and kara is used to signify the act of naming. It means much more than simply crying out. Kara implies specifically naming. And notice who is speaking in this verse. God is telling us to have kara intentions when we come to him. God is saying, be specific with me. When we call on the names of God, we summon his aid specifically by name. Who is God to you? What names do you know him by? You will be infused with hope and trust when you call upon God and know him by name. 
Psalm 910 says, they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. I like this from the pulpit commentary about this verse. It says, to know the name of God is to know him according to his historical manifestation. When one hears him named, to call to remembrance all that he has done. His name is the focus in which all the rays of his actions meet. All who know God's name in this sense will be sure to put their trust in him, since his historical manifestation shows that he is thoroughly to be depended upon. And then the verse goes on to say, For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Never in the past, so far as David knew, who authored this verse, had God forsaken those who faithfully clung to him. They might be tried, like Job. They might be hunted upon the mountains, like David himself. They might even have the sense of being forsaken, but they were not forsaken. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. There is power in the name of God, and he wants to unleash it in your life. Jeremiah 10.6 says, no one is like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is mighty in power. He loves to show himself strong when we are weak, and he loves to demonstrate his power by accomplishing that which we think is in, impossible and unthinkable. David understands this truth when he came before a giant problem named Goliath. When he faced the giant Philistine, he said in 1 Samuel 17, 45, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Don't waste the power of God's name. At his name, every knee must bow, every tongue confess. You can call on one of God's names in every situation you face. You see, David didn't just know God's name, he had learned to trust in God's character that was revealed in his name. God's character and God's name remains the same through all generations. He's fully trustworthy, always powerful, forever loving, and constantly present with us. So if you need some extra reassurance today, find hope in his powerful name. He's the God of miracles and nothing is impossible for him. He split the seas and delivered his people straight through away from their enemies. He offered his protection through desert days and lovingly led them into the wilderness to the promised land. He promised a way for us to be saved through his son, Jesus Christ, and he gave us his spirit to help us today. I believe that God is emphasizing the power of his names to us today, for us to realize what can happen when we decree them. He is the God who makes ways when there seems to be no way, and he makes the impossible possible. Psalm 46.10 is a verse quoted often, be still and know that I am God. This verse is usually used for comforting ourselves or others. And while this verse does encourage us to reflect on who God is, there is so much more to the meaning. The command be still was written in the context of a time of trouble and war. Therefore, we should consider the verse with that context in mind. The Hebrew words be still have various meanings, but here it means stop fighting 
or enough. I can picture God telling me these same words when I'm wrestling with or when I'm battling an issue. He simply says, enough. Enough with the worry, enough with the fear, enough with the doubt. My focus can then turn from what is going on around me and towards him instead. Are you battling anything right now? Is there anything you need to stop wrestling with and instead place it in the hands of our strong and mighty God? Instead of interpreting the words, be still, as a gentle suggestion, we should instead interpret the command for ourselves to read more like, snap out of it, wake up, stop fearing, acknowledge who your God is and be in awe of him. Be still is the same thing that Jesus says to the wind and the waves in Mark 4.39. And the wind and the sea completely died down in silence when Jesus spoke those words. The second part of verse 10 says, and know that I am God. God in that verse is Elohim, creator, mighty ruler. It reminds us that God is still in control no matter what happens in our lives. We have to leave our fear and impatience behind and trust his plan. It's important to have knowledge of his nature and his character, his promises, and remember how he has saved us and others in the past. God is our refuge, our strength, our very present help in trouble. Plant in your memory the ways he has delivered you, helped you, and sustained you so you can recall his unfailing love and strength when you need them. He's the one in charge, unchangeable, all-knowing, ever-present. He will make our lives work together for good. So be still and remember who God is. Be still and stop fearing. Be still and see what God is doing. Be still and acknowledge his greatness. Be still and know God is with you. New American Standard says, cease striving and know that I am God. Christian Standard says, stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. International Standard says, be in awe and know that I am God. The key commands I see here are be still, cease striving, stop fighting. And the next command, know, is the same in all those translations which lends itself in this context to mean acknowledge and be in awe. Be still, cease striving, stop fighting, be in awe, and know he is God, Elohim. And the call is not just to know about God, but to know him personally. Knowing God in this context means acknowledging and committing to the fact that God is the only refuge worth running toward the only refuge that will stand strong through every circumstance. God is the defender of his own name, his people, and his word. He alone is our protector, the sovereign ruler, and the everlasting refuge. God is God alone, and he will protect those who believe in his name and trust him. My heart is heavy for so much that is going on in our world. We know that we are facing times and situations right now that can often appear insurmountable, overwhelming. And in times when things are uncertain and confusing, we need to remember and decree what we know about God. The power of God is being manifested in this season like never before. 
And I believe the world is about to see the power of our King. We are going to see and know him as Yahweh, the great I am, covenant keeper, unchanging one, the God of Israel, Jehovah, the ever-present, eternal, saving one, El Shaddai, God Almighty, sovereign one, the promise keeper, our protector, the one who overpowers all opposition, Abba, our loving Father, Elohim, the mighty one who is supreme, powerful, and great, and Adonai, our Lord and Master, the majestic one. I believe the power of the name of God will be known throughout the earth. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue will declare that Jesus is King. Yahweh, the great I am, the one who never changes, is coming to change some things. The wind of God is going to blow mightily, causing a resurrection of dry bones back to life. The suddenly winds of his spirit are blowing to shift atmospheres and change seasons. There will be many notable miracles, miraculous turnarounds, and great harvest. Holy Spirit is breathing upon us and empowering the ecclesia to be a mighty force that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. We are stepping into a season of calling upon the name of our God and seeing a mighty display of his powerful acts all across this land. I believe that that is what we are stepping into. I'd like to ask Rebecca and the worship team to come up. As we recognize, honor, and decree the names of God, our hope will grow, our joy will increase, and our worship will deepen. I want to read Psalm 20 over, to you, over you to this morning. It says, in times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he grant your heart's desire and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Now I know that the Lord rescues his anointed king. He will answer him from his holy heaven and rescue him by his great power. Some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me. And I just want to pray over you this morning and just, we're going to seal this word with prayer and then seal this word with worship. But God, we know that there's so much power in your mighty name. So power of the living God, I'm asking right now for you to break in, break into situations, break into circumstances, break into lives, break into nations, break into governments. Yahweh, covenant keeper, come and transform and restore broken hearts, souls, minds. Jehovah, be ever present. We acknowledge you are sovereign, almighty, the great I am. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Holy Spirit, breathe upon us and empower us for the advancement of your kingdom. We believe we are stepping into a season of your mighty, powerful acts in the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. In Jesus' name, we bless you.